ready for deep fakes. No, they are not. No, they are not. Although I don't know how you'd get ready for it, but I got more on that in a little bit. First this. <coughs> Apple had one of their big things yesterday where Apple comes out and says, this is what we're going to do next. We've invented the eye griddle or whatever they've invented. Finally. And uh, so what happened yesterday? It was the uh, Worldwide Developer Conference, the WWDC, if you're looking for the hashtags on the on the internets. Uh, largely not a ton of stuff that's going to affect most people. Um, the dissolving of iTunes, kind of breaking that up into three individual things is, is something that will most likely affect, uh, people who have iPhones. Um, so essentially iTunes is gone. Now you'll just have Apple Music. Uh, Apple Podcast app, and I believe the Apple Books. That's the way I was doing it anyway. So. Yeah, yeah. So they, they're Which just, just why it's going away. Officially getting rid of the, the iTunes umbrella. Um, the One of the bigger headlines out of it was the new uh, MacBook Pro, a very powerful computer, uh, powerful enough that I think a very small percentage of people will have any capacity to actually use all of the stuff that this thing does. Mm. Um, but it represents a, a big leap forward in some of the processing power and technology things. But of note, it is $6,000 for the computer. Whoa! It, I do. I am guarantee you I do not need a $6,000 computer. It does Holy not. crap. And it comes with a, uh, I think, a special monitor, and that monitor itself comes with... A or requires a one thousand dollar stand that you have to buy in addition Wait, to the stand for the monitor. Yes, is a thousand dollars. That can't it, be. That's, that's that's from so, what I've been seeing. So I'd have to get the six thousand dollar computer. Computer that's without a monitor. Yes. So a monitor is going to cost me what a grand for a uh, good one. For the, I, I probably I, want a really good one if I've got a six thousand dollar computer. So yeah. a couple grand for the monitor and the stand. So I'm up at nine grand now. Yeah, yeah. What is this? Who's this for? Is this people are doing like? What uses a tremendous amount of virtual reality stuff? Or uh, what are you doing? That's one thing. Uh, you launch your own space. One of the demonstrations <laughs> they had was like a, a music edit. Uh, it can handle a logic file with a thousand tracks and instruments. So uh, a thousand tracks. Yeah, it was, that's so a complicated song. Yeah, it's it's very deep and long. Oh, yeah, and that's just getting started. That's just the percussion for me. So so that's that's the sort of thing I'm saying. It can do these things that normal people aren't going to have no, needs for no, at no, all. No, um, they did have some updates on the uh, some of their privacy policies, um, particularly uh, the their new operating system, the iOS 13, will do a lot more to lock out apps from monitoring your location data and other data. Good. Uh, Switching to an opt-in system, you have to grant it access uh, to do these that. things. Um, uh, another privacy step forward. Are you familiar with the the kind of Facebook thing where you can sign into outside apps yeah. via the Facebook portal? I never do that, and yeah. that's it's a it's one of the most common ways that these other apps get access to Facebook, and they just farm mm-hmm. these data. Apple is introducing one of these things that generates a a kind of random, not necessarily encrypted, but a random email that assigns. So you're an anonymous person oh, to this that. app. And so then you're using the Apple sign-in thing through this proxy email server to kind of give you another barrier of yeah. of the apps and yourself. Oh, that, no. Now you got my attention. That seems like the, the, the biggest kind of consumer-related thing that, that happened from this, this uh, WWDC. Cool. I'm not going to buy a $9,000 computer to send emails to people. Um, uh, <laughs> so people are calling it a deep fake. The Nancy Pelosi video that came out a couple of weeks ago where they slowed down her voice. That's no, not it's not fake. No, it's close. not. It's no, no. God, the media just sucks. <laughs> the mainstream media just, oh, my God. They suck like a black hole sucks. They suck in all light and matter within a million miles. Uh, just it's it's I don't know. But anyway, I, I, I got to I got to start drinking again. 
Um, just watching the media makes me crazy. They're just so terrible. Um, a deep fake, a better explanation would be, well, they're saying or doing things that they didn't say or do, but it looks real. Right. An entirely created visual and or audio reality that's impenetrable even by close observers. Anyway, Axios contacted all 24 Democratic presidential campaigns and Trump and his Republican challenger, William Weld. Um, and and Swalwell. And ask them if they have a plan to, t- to uh, deal with deep fakes. And none of them did. What would your plan be? Uh, that's fake. That video's fake. He never said that. I'm, I'm gonna, we're going to keep our eye out for it. And if we see a fake video, we're going to say, hey, that's fake. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what. I don't know what. Other, honestly, I'm not trying to be sarcastic. I don't know what your plan would be. Well, and uh, I think we'll very, very quickly get to a point where n- nobody believes anything. Or some people believe everything. But wow. like the recent flap. I want to hang out with them. The recent <laughs> and seldom stuff. The recent <laughs> flap, which could not have been more idiotic and inconsequential, of Trump and that American actress gal who married a prince, whatever that is, and became a princess, whatever that is, and then she in the past said stuff. And Trump said, "I didn't know she was nasty, but I think she'll do an excellent job." And of course, the media took that nasty quote, and then he denied he said it. But there's tape of him saying, "I didn't know she was nasty," and so a big flap Megan. was made of that. But. I think we're at the point, or we will be certainly within a year, year and a half, where that tape of Trump... Now, let's imagine it wasn't that mind-bogglingly idiotic conversation about a princess, whoever, whatever that is, uh, but was something of serious consequence. And there was serious doubt as to whether Trump actually said that or that was entirely manufactured. Remember the famous uh, Barack Obama leaning into the pretend president of Russia there for a cup of coffee and saying, I'll have more flexibility after the election, yeah. which which was a pretty big political story. That'd be an easy one to fake up. Oh, please. That yeah. one's effortless. Yeah, you get the, he was murmuring so that the audio isn't great. I mean, yeah, effortless. Although he would have come. I don't know. He would have come out and said, "I didn't say that." Boy, the, the 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 you know the crowd that didn't like Barack Obama wouldn't have believed his denial. No, especially in an era where you just can't believe what you see and and you hear. I mean, uh, yeah, how we work through that, I do not know. Uh, it'll be interesting to observe and or horrifying. I think we're going to observe it fairly quickly. I don't. Yes, I'm not clearly. sure deep fakes are up to speed where any major fooling is going to go on this cycle, but it, it, it'll be in my lifetime unless I get hit by a bus today. I'll bet you five rubles Vladimir Putin has the best guys that can be found on Earth in a room in Moscow working on that right now, on perfecting it. The deep fakes. Positive, Sean, a thought? No, we've we played this before. Uh, this is not a video version. This is an audio version of Joe Rogan deep fakes. Now, this is not edited together of somebody went through, found these words, and clipped into it together. They gave the the computer, they made it listen to Joe Rogan, and then they typed out what they wanted Joe Rogan to say, and this is the result. Friends, I've got something new to tell all of you. I've decided to sponsor a hockey team made up entirely of chimps. I'm tired of people telling me that chimps are not capable of kicking human ass in sports. Chimps are just superior athletes, and these chimps have been working out hard. And I don't know if it goes into swearing. I'll after never that. listen to his podcast again if he's advocating chimp hockey <laughs> <laughs> or ch as we call. So, it. and and you can still, 
you can still hear kind of the digital artifacts in that. It's not yeah, perfect. But, but, but that you can't can be, be explained, the, you know, a dozen different ways. Yeah. You know, really. You can't be the CHL because you got the Canadian Hockey League is right. the CHL. And sure. The Chimp Hockey League, it'd be... You wouldn't know what you're talking about. PH, the primate hockey, hockey league? That's pretty good. PHL? Yeah. PHL would be good. I think there's... A, anyway. When there's a hat trick, you throw bananas yeah. on the ice. Listen, I, I don't mean to be overly uh, harsh or critical, but I think we're off the topic. Oh, um, right. So, <laughs> yeah, if it's that good now, please, it'll just... It'll be effortless and completely convincing within probably a year, or, or is now, just Vlad has not unleashed it on the world yet. This is bad news for good people. No, no, no. It's good news. For, well, it's both, actually. But the biggest problem is it's good news for bad people. Oh, yeah. Because the bad people who actually are saying bad things, <clears throat> you know, as soon as uh, Putin gives me the million dollars, I'll make sure this happens, can claim that's a fake. I never said that. Yeah. I think it's going to be the, the, the real damage is going to come with bad mayors, police chiefs, whatever, being able to. To claim things are not real, if even you though we've got video and, and audio. You're sitting there in your uh, dry cleaning van, wiretapping Tony Soprano. Tony and his lawyers are going to say to the jury, that's faked. Listen, here's, here's, here's as easy as it is. Here's Joe Rogan advocating chimp hockey. <laughs> Joe Rogan never said those things. And, and uh, what's a jury to believe? That's a reasonable doubt. And, and, and Tony Soprano wasn't even at the Bada Bing that day that you claim you recorded this. Boy, you're right. Yeah. That yeah. Is, that's a problem, too. Yeah. Yeah. Very interesting. On the other hand, you can sit around having cocktails at home and make famous people say ridiculous stuff to entertain your friends. And that'll, that'll be hilarious. I'm just, I can't even, I, I don't have the, uh, the imagination to see where this is going to go. It, it can't have a good ending, can it? If no, if we're in a state where you can't believe audio or video, Chris, there was no audio and video pre like 1900 roughly for all politics. It was all uh, all quotes and papers, mm-hmm. and it worked. I guess we'll go back to all quotes that we read, and people will treasure their credibility maybe, as reporters. Maybe the unintended good con- uh, consequence would be yeah, credibility comes back as something you got to really cherish and work at. Mm-hmm. As the New York Times or the Washington Post or whoever. Did we bring this up off air or, or on air where the some government agency is working on essentially media authenticators that you can, that you'll be able to, was it the, I, f- I thought it was on the air that we brought that up where you, you can figure out how, if an, a, a video was altered or not. Oh I, yeah, the DARPA is working on that really hard, the defense uh, research people. Um, but you know, who knows? You're always behind the bad guys. Mm. Um and, and, you know, f- the final question to me is, who's going to referee, like 800-pound lowland gorillas? I mean, s- big old silverbacks in in uh, in striped shirts, I guess, with whistles. Literally oh, 800-pound gorillas. Yeah. Why yeah, couldn't the you have hockey. human referees? They, the chimps would tear them apart. They could never oh. break up the fight. Oh, oh yeah. Gotcha. I mean, right. chimps got the power of, you know, like five men. You're I think right. you're off the topic again. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We'll get back on the topic. Armstrong and Getty. Available right now via the iHeart app and iTunes. Our two new podcasts. Armstrong and Getty, one more thing. That's our daily after show podcast. And Armstrong and Getty Extra Large featuring our interviews of the most interesting people in the world. Subscribe today via the iHeart app or iTunes. Or wherever podcasts are given away for free. Because we're stupid.
The Armstrong and Getty Show. The movement to do away with the Electoral College is uh, gaining steam. It now has one-tenth the amount of steam it needs. We'll uh, get to that a little bit later. Mm. Will we? I'm going to poo-poo it. Okay. It's a good thing to do as a talk show host. It's one of our trademarks as talk show hosts. Yes. Poo-pooing thing. So here's a a, a two-faceted story that I think you'll find interesting. Has to do with a big budget vote. Nobody talks about that anymore. It used to be like the number one political topic. Now nobody cares. So it's a talk about the budget. The bloated government, the spending our kids and grandkids into oblivion, but also the media. Rand Paul, curly-headed Rand Paul, friend of the Armstrong and Getty Show. We haven't talked to him for a while. We've got to talk blind, to him about this. Got blindsided mowing his lawn. Right. By his insane French neighbor. Give me a weekend with him. I can teach him how to stuff a takedown like that. Well, you got to see him coming. Yeah. You got the Morgan. You don't hear your crazy French neighbor coming at you. His hoof beats. So anyway, Rand Paul... Uh, trotted out a plan in the Senate to balance the federal budget in roughly five years. Okay? I'm going to quote from The Hill now. Senators voted 22 to 69 against advancing the proposal, which would make steep cuts to the budget. It fell well short of the 60 votes required to move it over Monday's hurdle with a bipartisan majority opposing it. Paul's budget would cut spending over a decade by more than $11 trillion compared to current spending levels. Then it goes into a little detail about it, but your key phrases, um, uh, steep cuts to the budget, bipartisan majority opposing it. And that's from The Hill, kind of the official capital newspaper. Then I go to Reason.com, one of my... Favorite publications. I'm going to rate, read you exactly the same fact. This year, Senator Rand Paul's effort to balance the federal budget didn't even get a floor vote in the Republican-controlled Senate. Paul's so-called pennies plan failed a procedural vote on Monday evening when only 22 senators voted in favor of a cloture motion that would have brought the bill to a final vote. Uh, skipping ahead a little bit, it's called the pennies plan because Paul's proposal calls for cutting 2% from all federal line items for each of the next five years. Two pennies on the dollar. Which you may recall were described as steep spending cuts in the Hill uh, article. Two cents on the dollar would reduce federal spending by about $11 trillion over the next decade, even though spending would rise after the first five years. It's an adaptation of the so-called penny plan that Paul's been pushing for several years, with it says an additional penny in cuts for every dollar spent is necessary to get the budget to balance. It used to be he'd push this just one penny of every dollar, please. Um, and it was rejected over and over again, including by the vast majority of Republicans who are liars and hypocrites. Um, now he's up to two cents because the problem's gotten more severe. Got 22 votes to even bring it to the floor. They're scared to death of something like that. Wow. As Jack has pointed out many times... The problem is not that we have too much partisanship. It's we have too much agreement in Washington, D.C. How shocking is that? That's something. 22 out of 100 to even consider cutting a penny or two 
and for it, every dollar. And it, 1%. And it has to happen. It has to happen. Oh, but, yeah. it, but it doesn't have to happen today. Right. But it has to happen at some point. And the longer you put it off, the worse it is. What's your other favorite new saying, which I just love? If something can't go on forever, it will stop. Which seems so simplistic and like right. childlike, but I, I use it in my own life regularly. Think, this can't go on forever, so it will stop. Let's what decide. Role do, what role do I want to play in how it stops? Right. Let's decide how it's going to stop. Is it going to stop with disaster and misery? Or is it going to stop with, this is tough, but one penny on the dollar, Rand Paul gets laughed out of town. And poorly reported on. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. The, the, I'm, you know what? I, gotta I don't want to bore people with this sort of stuff, but one of the worst things that's happened in my life of following politics is a whole, um, now the name for it flitted out of my head, where we, we, we actually cut things. For a little bit, and then people went crazy because we were or just we cutting cut the, the growth. level of growth, yeah, right, which yeah. was called the uh, the uh, had oh, a name for it in con- and out of the constrainment, the the cl- the uh, clochinizer. <laughs> What's yeah. the name? Singularity. No, no, that no, has to do with AI. No, singularity. But people went crazy over that, and all it was was cutting the amount we were going to grow every year, right. and people just went nuts. The Republicans and the Democrats, yeah, cutting the, the growth from the sequester from cutting the growth from five to three percent was called draconian cuts, balancing the budget on the backs of the poor. Now we get the cuts government we deserve to the increases. Marshall's news next on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. I watched the Pete Buttigieg town hall yesterday on MSNBC. He is, as I said a couple of times, he's the most impressive person just as being a politician in the field, no doubt about it. One of my favorite answers he had, I just saw some congressman up on the TV, he was asked for the umpteenth time, mayor of a town in Indiana, what qualifies you to be president? And he said, I feel like the media never asks congresspeople that. And he's absolutely right. Hmm. There's just an assumption that if you're a congressman or a senator, you're qualified to be president, I guess. Which is weird. Why? Where does that come from? Because you have knowledge of the federal government. Whoop-dee-doo. You can come up to speed pretty quickly. If you're a reasonably bright person, I would think. Uh, Let's get the news now with Marsha Phillips. Well, President Trump is defending his threatened tariffs on Mexico. He was talking in London today about it. Mexico shouldn't allow millions of people to try and enter our country, and they could stop it very quickly. And I think they will. And if they won't, we're going to put tariffs on. The president moved last week to impose a monthly 5% tariff on Mexican imports starting Monday rising to a total of 25% by October. We're going to have details on this, what the president's actually trying to get the Mexican government to do with Deborah J. Saunders of the Las Vegas Review-Journal in just a couple of minutes. Now, Positive Sean, with all the trade and tariff uh, maneuvering going on, I think it's a good time for uh, one of your one-word market reports. The market is springy. Really? It's springy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good day. Indices are up. I don't pay attention to the market day by day. That's because you shouldn't. We've talked a lot about yes. why that's buy, not buy. a very good idea. But uh, the NASDAQ was down 10% from its all-time high yesterday with the 
government looking into the tech companies and everything. But for sure. the most part, everything's back. It's huh? up two percent today. I mean, it quite literally, it's it's. Not quite literally. It seems like it's erasing a lot of the the down market that was yesterday. Which sure, a market lot of goes down, speculation. Market goes up. Yeah, it goes up and down. Let's concentrate on the S and P five hundred and the Nasdaq, shall we? The Dow is silly. Former Vice President Joe Biden holding on to his big lead among Democratic presidential hopefuls. We've got a new survey from the Hill Harris pollsters. It has Biden up nineteen points over Vermont Senator Bernie Sanders, thirty five to sixteen percent. Practically the pregame, Marshall. The game begins in, what, a few weeks? Bernie does not budge off a of 16%, no. really. South Bend uh, Mayor uh, Pete comes in third. He's got 8%. Then you got... That's a... the story. He came out of nowhere yep. to 8%. Yep. And there's a lot of people that had... I mean, I'd never heard of him. Who had heard of him? I'd heard of a lot of these other people that are mired at 0 or 1%. I think it speaks to the weakness of the field. How is there nobody with his intelligence and political instincts that's, you know, perhaps a little better known? Is a senator or a congressperson, putting aside your discussion of earlier on what the hell that means anyway, uh, how can it be there are so few people who are good at that? We've got uh, Elizabeth Warren coming in at 5%, Senator Kamala Harris uh, with uh, 5% as well. And uh, the rest of the pack are all really down so, in the very low single so digits. So Mayor Pete is solidly in third place. Yeah. And the question is, if Bernie fades, I mean, he's just not going to get it. Where does that support go? Does it go to Mayor Pete? That's the question a lot of people have. Mm, he's is pretty far left. Him? I'm not sure he's left enough. Probably Elizabeth Warren. Well, if the number one issue is we can beat Trump, though. Oh, yeah. Uh, Mayor Pete doesn't show up in the top five in South Carolina. He's he's strong in Iowa and New Hampshire, but not South Carolina. I don't think they're ready for a gay feller. Because he's gay? Uh-huh. China ramping up security to stop any commemorations of the 30th anniversary of the Tiananmen Square crackdown in Beijing. That was two months of pro-democracy demonstrations crushed in 1989 when tanks and troops swept in and killed hundreds, if not thousands, of mostly young demonstrators ending any widespread calls for reform in China. And the military, as I said, had been, all those young military people in the tanks and with the guns, they had been told, these are these are terrorists looking to overthrow our government. Okay, I'm, I'm a patriot, I'm a Chinese patriot. I'll wipe out these people. They didn't even know what they were shooting at. Yep. Today, you got increased police checkpoints keeping foreign journalists out of the square. They're police closely monitoring uh, tourist bags and ID cards. No official mention of the anniversary in Chinese media, and many reform activists have been detained or, several weeks ago, taken away to vacation spots by security. Well, that sounds pleasant. Yeah. On ArmstrongYeti.com, we posted a video of a CBS reporter going around showing uh, Chinese citizens pictures of the Tiananmen Square and the, the response of the Chinese police to which that led it's to. It's pretty uh, chilling. You yeah. would like to believe that a society like that can't succeed, but it's been succeeding for quite a while. CVS is going to be turning more than a thousands, a thousand of its drugstores into health care centers. The nation's bar, biggest pharmacy chain announcing it's going to be expanding a concept store focused on health care to 1,500 locations by the end of 2021. Okay. Those are words. What does that mean? Basically, they're going to start offering uh, certain health services at these uh, can locations. I, can I still buy like a Snickers bar and, oh, and yeah. some ice cream? Sure, you can all right. get all that as well. I'm going to have the dock in a box there, yep. more or less. Yep.
Hmm. Get so, your shots, what have you. Your shots. Shots. <laughs> Golden State guard Clay Thompson. How about the old, who's your daddy? Can I get that done? Sure, if you want. Depends how much you got. Just hoist yourself <laughs> up on the uh, the little uh, belt there by the cash register. <laughs> Assume the position. <laughs> Take a look at this. Oh, Golden State guard Clay Thompson's got a mild strain in his left hamstring that forced him out of Game 2 in the NBA Finals. He is listed as questionable for Game 3 against the Raptors tomorrow in Oakland. In addition, you got backup big man Kevin Looney suffering a fracture on the right side of his rib cage. He's out indefinitely. That is a hit to the... Uh, so their center's not going to play. Their uh, their Hall of Famer all-star Kevin Durant's not going to play. Clay Thompson might not play. That's rough. And DeMarcus Cousins still suffering from that quad injury. Well, not only that, but he's come back from two devastating injuries to his Achilles and his knee, right? Was it? It was the quad. Uh, the early, quad, okay, yeah. fair enough. But uh, so I, every time I see him lumbering about, I think, yeah, this could be the last step. So we'll see. We'll see what role injuries play. And big excitement on the ice in St. Louis. Ryan, the Blues, Ryan O'Reilly's uh, third goal put St. Louis ahead for good, beating the uh, Bruins 4-2 last night, tying the Stanley Cup Finals in two games each. And that's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the con- conscience of the nation. Had fog beset the ice, or what was all that noise? That's the hockey horn, man. The hockey horn. Yes. Mm. Get hip to the horn. <laughs> Fly, Squawky. Fly. <laughs> you got to alert all the ships at sea and in the harbor that a goal has been scored. <laughs> I don't know why, but I love that aspect of hockey. Oh, <laughs> yeah. The hockey horn is great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Crowd goes wild. So tariffs on China and Mexico. What's that all about? We're going to talk to Deborah J. Saunders, White House correspondent, coming up next on the Armstrong and Getty Show. The Armstrong and Getty Show. I'd just like to congratulate you on having done a fantastic job on behalf of the people of the United States, and it's an honor to have worked with you. And I don't know exactly what your timing is, but stick around. Let's do this deal. (laughs) Trump's in London. We're not going to talk about the stupid high school gossip crap about who said something mean about who just i can't believe the media falls for that oh anyway uh there is a pretty important stuff happening i'm i'm concerned about uh taking on two different countries with trade as the weapon deborah j saunders is the white house uh, white house correspondent for the las vegas review journal they have no white horse correspondents at the, <laughs> at the review journal as far as i know uh deborah joins us now how are you the white horse correspondent's busy at the track today. Yes. I'm working in these new protein bars, Deborah, and they really hang on your teeth. Like in your <laughs> cheeks and say, mm, and so mm, white house becomes white horse uh, very quickly. So listen, obviously Donald J is embracing uh, tariffs as a weapon. Uh, we've got the, the Chinese trade negotiation, as I prefer to call it, which is necessary and important. But I'm a little surprised to see him unleashing the same threat on Mexico. Uh, in fact, your recent article, Little Enthusiasm Found for Trump's Plan to Impose Tariffs on Mexico. What's the story? 
Well, I, there is little enthusiasm. So my theory, as as we speak now, just sort of based on the way things usually work here, is Trump came. He's wanted to close the border. He didn't because it was the consequences were too big. He comes up with these ideas that he wants to use to get people to bend to his will. So closing the border, he can't do. So he thinks about, okay, I'm going to do a tariff, and. Aides inside the White House try to talk him out of it, and it works and it works. And then one day he says, nope, you're not talking me out of it. I'm going to do it. And then uh, he's done that, and now it's supposed to start June 10. And now you have a new group of people telling him, no, this is really a bad idea. So we know that uh, the foreign minister of Mexico is going to be meeting with uh, Secretary of State Mike Pompeo tomorrow. And the question is, are they going to work out something that makes it look like both you know, both sides can save face Uh it, it, and basically the tariffs go away, or are we going to move, go forward, as Trump suggested could happen when he was speaking at this press conference this, this morning, and really have a two-front trade war that could really, you know, hobble the U.S. economy? I was just talking to an economist who said he thought it could bring us into a recession if we got up to 25% with Mexico. Well, listen, before we get too far down the road of whether uh, tariffs are an appropriate uh, lever, uh, what is Trump asking the Mexicans to do? He doesn't say. <laughs> he won't say what he wants them to help, do. He help them. with immigration. Well, he, exactly. But in <laughs> other words, there's no, I want you to reduce the number of people crossing the border by 20%. There's no... There's no criteria that there's no set of criteria that have been released, so we don't know exactly what it is. Boy, and um, if you don't know, nobody does. I mean, well, Donald J. and Mike Pompeo might know, but you're a White House correspondent. They sent out a letter that when they, when they announced this, they said we don't want to have we want to just sort of decide based on what we're seeing. Okay. I mean, that was in the, that was in the announcement, so that, that there is no. Uh, they're not asking for anything specific. They're just trying to squeeze Mexico to give to to, to staunch the flow of immigrants from Central America. Uh, well, I get that. That's goal, but, can, but can this do this? Yeah, that's a, it's a serious problem. There's no doubt about that. Or I think it's no no doubt for most people now. And it's not a manufactured crisis. It's a real crisis. And Mexico's got to help with this. So does Trump just feel like? Because the battle with China, that's a serious battle of heavyweights. But he's got a lot of people on his side. Even Chuck Schumer is saying, you know, stay strong, hold the course. On Mexico, I don't see anybody on Trump's side. Um, well, and, for the greater issue, certainly, you mean. But for, for the tariff? The tariff, is, yeah. the tariff is a weapon. But does Trump just think we're so much bigger than Mexico that he can just unilaterally bend them to his will? Yeah, but again, I mean, I also think there have been times when we've seen him sort of talk big about the results he's going to get and you don't really see much but there's a bit there's a nice ceremony and people shake hands and they all feel good the question is how tough is he going to be about getting concessions from them leaving the and, goals and, vague uh, allows you to get out at any time well it's it, yeah it, we accomplished it allows them. <laughs> it so that you can make it so no one can meet them and and it, and it makes it harder for mexico to um to really know for sure what it is supposed to do. I mean, we do know that they have done things to to, um, to staunch the flow of, of immigrants from Central America, but there's only so much they can do. Deborah J. Saunders, White House correspondent for the Las Vegas Review-Journal. Well, one thing's clear, Deborah. I mean, it's got to be at the southern end of Mexico that the action takes place, just not letting the Central Americans yeah. in. Yeah, I don't know Because if I... the whole keep them from coming into the U.S. thing, North Korea... 
and and East Germany and prisons keep people in. That's that's not really a legitimate thing for a state to do. Yeah, I don't know if I agree that there's not that much they can do. If they attack the southern border, which is a much smaller border than our border with Mexico, I think they could uh, do a lot more to stop people from getting into their own country. Okay, but um, I guess we're asking them to do what we won't do ourselves. Uh, and and I, I believe that... That's an interesting point know, right now, <laughs> right there. And... and and also, I mean, we do know that Mexico has agreed to let people stay there while they're trying to get asylum. I mean, we knew, we know that there are concessions that have been made. So, <laughs> That's I, I, a very think, good point you make. So Trump's supposed to say to Mexico, hey, you got to get control of your southern border. We've been sneaking people into your country for decades, dude. Yeah, what are you, high? <laughs> you know, that's funny. I thought that was kind of a... I, I wasn't sure what you meant, Deborah, but the more I think about it, the more ironic it becomes. I'm mm-hmm. looking... I'm looking at the border with Guatemala and Belize, as you know. Uh, is anybody fleeing from Belize, or is it just too pleasant? I haven't heard of Belizeans. It's no. not considered part of the Northern Triangle countries that are. Why not? They get drummed out for something. I no. perhaps, perhaps, uh, perhaps they're happy in Belize. <laughs> <laughs> I've never been to Belize, I, but I'm sure it's a fine place. We'll stipulate that Belizeans are happy. Um, so yeah, you've got to control your border because people are coming through the country or we'll put tariffs on you. Well, I, we'll, we'll see how it goes. Listen, I, I tell you this and I've got to voice this for Trump fans. Nothing has been done. Nothing but lies, hypocrisy, sh- lip service and the rest of it on immigration. And there are a hell of a lot of people in the United States who would prefer a somewhat haphazard threatening of tariffs and then pulling it back and then going finding plan B as opposed to what I think. And, and I'm certainly not accusing you of this, but the mainstream media trying to make Trump a, a joke for perhaps making missteps, but he's trying to do something at least. Yeah, I mean, it's in my mind, it's too bad that when he, when Republicans control both the, the House and the Senate, that they didn't work on on the um, on the asylum. Yeah, laws no kidding. Take away that advantage, right? This is going to be the big mistake for the Trump first term, um, just as people thought it was a big mistake for Obama not to do something about the Dream Act. Right. And I think people are going to be looking at this and saying, "You had a chance to do something serious, but you thought you thought that you could just." think something should be done and things would happen, and, and you didn't understand how, how much work it is to get things through Washington. And now I just, uh, I don't know what's going to happen next. It's possible that we go further. The thing is that one of the reasons that the U.S. economy is doing really well, I believe, are the Trump tax cuts, right? And they brought certainty for, for companies that had an understanding of the fact that they could keep more of their money and they had a good idea of how things would work. Um, and when you when you now make them think that they're not sure how they're going to handle their supply chains and what they're going to be able to get, you know, what goods they'll be able to get from different places, that adds an uncertainty that I don't think is good for the economy. And so uh, there, there are a number of people, uh, the, the Tax Foundation is an example, that think that this just takes away all the benefits wow. from, the, from, the, from, from, you know, between China and Mexico for sure, but, but this takes away the benefits of the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act. Deborah J. Saunders, White House correspondent for the Las Vegas Review-Journal. Deborah, thank you, as always. Great to talk to you. Thank you for having me. Uh, well done. So, yeah, I could, I could easily see that, especially as we're in the final crunch time of only 520 days till the election. 
um, those who would like to see the Trump administration, uh, you know, reelected are saying, oh, for God's sake, the one thing you can't do is mess up the economy. Mm. So they're concerned. We shall see, Jack. The Chihuahua, a popular pet named is, for the state is it gonna, of Mexico. Is it going to cost more now because of the tariffs? The Chihuahua. Oh, you know what? Chihuahua. I, have, I have this uh, shocking. <laughs> My Chihuahua is 20% more. Because, listen, the mainstream media that hates Trump is making a big deal over uh, you know how it could really screw up the economy. And, sure, and I hope it, it doesn't. It, it could uh, be a headwind we don't need. But uh, this is according to CNN Business. If President Donald Trump's proposed tariffs on Mexican products go through, Chipotle burritos could get a little more expensive. Then there's paragraph two, and then paragraph three, and down there, paragraph four. Uh, This is uh, the Chipotle chief finance officer said if the tariffs become permanent, which is never going to happen. (laughs) That's not that the point Uh, is that they're temporary. But anyway, if they did, Jack, brace yourselves. Chipotle, and I quote, could also consider passing on these costs through a modest price increase, such as about a nickel on a burrito. Wow. Um, Five cents, friends. You can't even consider yourself in the world of journalism if you write stories about and if they became permanent. That's not even on the table. That's just not even a part of the, the conversation. Why even talking about that? And even if it did, it's still just five cents on my burrito? Correct. One nickel. I'd eat a burrito right now. Is that, is that am, I, am I supporting Mexico or the United States if I beat a burrito? I'm, I'm supporting the United States, right, if I continue to, to, to buy Mexican products at the higher price? I don't know. I'm confused. <laughs> <laughs> I, the long and short of it is I'm going to eat a burrito. Armstrong and Getty.